Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TitcherCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host, as always. Joining me today, we've got three special guests. First off, we've got the return of Adam Vitali. Hi. And we've got... Thank you. Hey. Uh, we've also got James Glazio. Hey. And then finally, we've got the turn after a month-long break, Josh Torres. Yeah, it's... I'm here. Welcome Hello. back. Hello. Hi. Hi, world. Hi. Once again. Hi. Hello to you, too. I am the world. He is Hello alive and well. Yeah. I represent the world. It's nice to have you back. My quasi-month off. Yes. And so, yeah, it's actually a good time to be coming back because, um, believe it or not, news is picking up again. I guess now that it's into August, we're getting back into it. Yeah, when, when video games disappear, I do, too. So now that we, we're hearing more video games once more, I have to manifest myself. You were soaked up into JRPG July, I'm sure. Like the big celebration about that. It's it's like when bears like hibernate for the winter. It's yeah. kind of like that. You know, the one thing <laughs> that I realized I totally forgot about is that the Four Job Festa apparently has been happening for the past month or so, uh, and that's ending in like a week. And for people who don't know, it's when you play Final Fantasy V. Adam would know because he's a big fan of Final Fantasy V, like I am. Uh, you just uh, pick up random uh, of the Magisite, and then you're ordered basically from like this little website you go to, and it tells you which class you have to choose when you pick it up. So like generates which like a random job you have to be once you pick that up. So it's actually kind of cool to be able to like restrict yourself that way and try to get to the end of it. I failed the last time I tried to do this. It makes it a so, more entertaining experience. It's like I, a I self-imposed like that. limitation yeah. that you can't decide for yourself. So it's like a you know like a challenge run. I was wondering so if like. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Is it a similar idea to uh, uh, what are they called? Um, Nuzlocke runs in Pokemon? A little. I, a little, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was wondering. Like, or you have a set party. Or you, go, you explain it because I, I was going to go into something else. Uh, Adam, you, do you know the I don't know what a Nuzlocke run is, but I know the Final Fantasy. I've never actually done the Final Fantasy Job Fiesta. Uh, every time Festa. I played Final Fantasy Five, I just played it. Festa, is it Festa? I yeah, never yeah, actually I participated in the challenge. I've, I've seen like streams of it, but I've never actually like participated myself, so I don't know all the technicalities behind it. Same with the Nuzlocke run. I just know the Nuzlocke run is like you restrict yourself to certain Pokemon, and when they die, you can't like resurrect them. They're they're like dead, permadeath. Oh, permadeath! Yeah. Oh my god! I was actually wondering if anyone, because of the international zodiac job mission, uh, job system, whatever it is, all that uh, job system stuff, like if anyone's thought about doing that type of a setup for Final Fantasy Twelve. Like, you're restricted by the classes that you're generated at the beginning. Obviously, I'm sure there's, like, challenges out there that do that kind of thing. But I was wondering if, like, there was a bigger movement to try that. Especially with all these jobs. I was like, what if you get stuck with, like, four red mages or something like that? Well, I know I know some people actually have done, like, solo red mage runs. Oh, yeah. Because red, oh, mage, okay. red mage is kind of like the blue mage of Final Fantasy V. Where it's like, that's the class you want to have. Um, and they're, like, very versatile and basically do everything you need them to. So I know some people have done solo red mage runs for the Final Fantasy XII. I've because done because you can. I, I don't know. I don't know about the. I don't know about the the dual class system in the in the new version, PS4 version. But aren't there like setups where if you're you had your all your party members set up in a specific way is like nearly unbeatable because you just don't have like this that gains to like really get through the the content. Oh, I, I think you'd you have to. Really, I think you'd have to like really really try to like. You like, just get handicap yourself in a way. <laughs> You'd get screwed. What if you got like a really good one though? That would be very, uh, you know, satisfying. Because I have done the low level challenges. You know, like there's actually guides you can read up on like Game Facts, whatever that uh, teaches you how to do the low level challenges for Final Fantasy. So like I've done that for eight and nine. So like you're basically like level one the whole game pretty much, or at least like the only times like there's games where like 
you only get experience from the boss battles pretty much and so i've been able to do that and it's actually pretty easy for like eight because yeah, you that's guys actually, remember, oh, yeah that's scale that's, right? that's, that's the only way to play it yeah it's the only way to play it it's the only way to play is to play that uh, triple triad game for like eight hours on disc one to get all the all the final weapons pretty actually yeah, that's that's actually one of the, the thing i had to do i spent a lot of time playing that game and i still sucked at it by the end of it but it, 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 ff8 is just a card game with an rpg on top of it pretty much and, and I, know, like, I know some people do um like final fantasy 10 challenges yeah. where they don't use a sphere grid type of thing that's um, definitely something that so, i was thinking about doing at one point um, oh that's tough yeah, yeah. I, I remember trying it way early on fuck well yeah and it's like i mentioned it's that with eight the enemy scale so you're still getting that challenge no matter what mm-hmm. even if you're like a low level uh and nine was very hard uh towards the end of that game because to- like i what i did was that i actually got inspired to do it because i forget if it was like a an awesome game not an awesome game some quick maybe it was like an rpg limit break i don't know there was like a speed run marathon that was happening and that was one of the things that was ha- one of the uh challenges was like a low level challenge to beat the game as quickly as he could at a low level and so that was like really fascinating to watch so i tried it myself it is really hard. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got killed so many times. I lost a lot of progress. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about the, to do that with seven, but that might be also kind of challenging. Just wait for the remake. I guess you could just use grenades and all that stuff like you see in those speed runs, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, the remake. Ugh. I imagine it's going to be a straight up action RPG, so it'll be totally different. Not like a turn based, so it's a lot easier to stop yourself from being killed. You know, just straight up run or heal up before. But I guess we'll find out. Anyway. Let's go ahead and head into the podcast proper now that we've got all that out of the way. So, uh, yeah, it's like I said, there's a lot of news to talk about. There were some big events that happened just the other day uh, with regards to, you know, there's Persona to talk about, Dragon Quest, Act. We got a lot of stuff. So, first, though, we like to always get into the games that we've been playing. So, James, you'll be first here. I know that you've been playing a lot of Aonokiseki and, and Splatoon 2, of course, uh, but you've also been playing some other stuff as well. Yeah. Um, Splatoon 2 I've only played a little bit of because of the Splatfest, and I'm not sure if the fact that it's ketchup and mayo is more disgusting or less disgusting than it actually looks like. I've seen that, yeah. Uh, well, so why not just mix the two? Just mix Thousand Island sauce. Mm, why pick one or the other? That actually sounds pretty good. It does look like uh, straight up bodily fluids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 okay, so like I know like they replaced like you know the obviously the ink with like uh they color coded to like look like mayo and ketchup, but like if they mix it in each other, does it look like a thousand island sauce in the game? No, you overlay, you don't yeah. mix. It oh, doesn't mix. It's works. not like yeah. It, 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 I do agree though. It actually looks it's really cool that they did that just because uh they yeah. worked the extra mile for that. It's yeah, it is cool. Because you can't really do that with cake and ice cream, <laughs> so it didn't really make any sense. Uh, I mean, you could play so, with that, I suppose. Uh, where, where are we standing here for all of you? Mayo versus ketchup. Uh, ketchup. No, no. I feel either can have their uses in small amounts, but ketchup is more versatile. Yes. I use ketchup way more than I do with mayonnaise. Uh, all right, James. I don't really have a dog in this battle, but I went with mayo because the group that I've been playing Splatoon 2 with said, hey, we're doing mayo. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, You're just peer pressured, and okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like uh, yeah. I'd have to side with ketchup because more often than not, I I can do solo ketchup more than I can do solo mayo. Mm, see, see, that's that's uh, that's smart that's, thinking right there. I'm, I, I then again, I had like a weird childhood when I put ketchup on everything, and I everyone gave me weird looks when I was like, I put ketchup on ham, and everyone's like, who does that? I'm like, what? What? I thought that was normal. Uh, I, I, I tried that a few times. It's not awful. I, yeah, I, I put it on sandwiches. There was a period of like a few months when I was in third grade or something where I put 
mustard on everything. Oh, I hate mustard. Though. I I only like honey mustard. I don't like any yes. other kind of mustard. Like Subway honey mustard is pretty good. That's that's like that's like as far as I get with that stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. There's like some other mustard that I like. I try to remember off the top of my head, but uh, just in general, Dijon. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tetracast, where we talk about handhold. Well, f- I mean. T- Handhold. Um, handholding. Uh, no, embarrassing. Handholding condiments. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to hold your hand. That's embarrassing. <laughs> so yeah, so, so Splatoon two, right? Yeah, so that's over, right? <laughs> who, do you, who do you think is? Wait, um, it's, it's still going yet. on right it's still now. Going, uh, at the time, going on my, my whole Twitter feed has been talking about this like all weekend. Who's winning? Can you like check like who's winning? Or I, bet no, you can. I bet it's Who does it feel like who's winning? Probably ketchup and popularity, but that's just because of the same thing that happened during the Splatfest before the game came out. People just sided with uh, whatever uh, Marina sided with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's right. Each of the girls uh, have their own preferences, and it's just, it doesn't matter what you like. It's like which of your favorite girls likes. Pretty much. That's yep. right. She has more okay. pull. Yes. So, but anyways, so besides fun. that, I've been playing um, Jet Set Radio a bit on Steam had it in my library for quite a while and decided to actually start playing it a bit. That's a good game. Is that right your first time, the first time playing it? Um, technically, no, because mm. I got a Dreamcast earlier this year and got a copy of Jet Set Radio on that. Ooh. I figured, well, if I can play it in HD, I might as well, because it's a native port and whatnot. So I've been playing it on How, how much are Dreamcast games these days? Uh, I wouldn't know. Let's oh, just super... leave it at that. Okay, all right. Uh, super cheap. I mean, unless you get like the rare games, I mean, you can still find them relatively cheap. Uh, even Dreamcast systems, like you know, thirty, forty bucks, whatever. You know, mm. all right. Surprising, I think. Yeah. And besides that, what else well, you want new? <laughs> um, I played through Abzu last Sunday. Figured got that in Humble Monthly a few months ago. Might as well play through that quick, since I had a feeling it would only be a few hours long. That's okay, that remind under, me. That's the, the name. The name game. is familiar, yeah. but what is Abzu again? It's like Journey it's, but underwater. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Journey but underwater, and oh, right, that's tons right. of fish that you can watch. Wait, you Station become Plus a game too. Well, uh, did you? How far are you in that? I beat it in like two hours. It's a really short game. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Figured. Um, I'm not sure if I like the game itself, but um, it looks real pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to get around to that. I do have it. I just I've seen it. I've seen some gameplay, but I just like I I don't really want to see it. I just gotta find the time to actually like. I mean, you can basically go through get, it. yeah go through it in like two hours. It's like find one afternoon to just go through it. You'll probably have time to play another game too. That's, That's what I did with the journey, but there's no yeah. like. Is there like uh, those journey mechanics where like you see this random person that's actually playing the game, but you don't know who they are? No, 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 completely no, no. single like player. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I know that that's much. cool. I I need I need more uh, more of those types of games. I really enjoyed what I liked the journey, and I like what Abzu seems like it's going for. But I don't know much. Uh, many games that try to go for that that kind of experience. I had a friend who owned uh, who owns a 4K OLED screen, and uh-huh. they played. Uh, Abzu, and apparently, like, it blew their minds how absolutely really? gorgeous that game looks, uh, especially wow. blown up like that. Um, they apparently put a lot of attention into the detail of the not only just the mechanics themselves, but also like the, um, the different AI. mammals that you meet and all the all the fish and all this stuff. The way that they move and act is very like accurate, 
in many respects. Eat your so, heart out, Call of Duty. Yeah, I think so. those are the types of games that like really benefit more with like larger screen sizes and resolutions. Like they're, they're like kind of minimalistic art design, but they're very on point and concise with it. I would love to play Journey but, on a big screen like that for sure. Again, I'd, I'd yeah. be okay with that. I had an amazing yeah. experience with my first go through with Journey, where I had the same person for almost the entire time. Oh man, that where, where a, did you lose him? Oh, and I, I didn't. I only I actually lost the first person, which was a big bummer. But like shortly after I started playing the game, this was like maybe. 20 30 minutes in the other person came along and we stuck together the whole time it was incredible experience because we were helping each other find like the different orbs and whatever the stuff that you needed to pick up on the way but yeah it was really cool to have man that was such a brilliant like design of that game god but you know abzu clearly is a gorgeous game but i was i was mentioned before yeah i was on the humble bundle but also is a free playstation plus game so a lot of people might have that game and they may not know it if they have a, a plus membership and they checked out with it so uh, sounds like that's a fun game to play, though, James. Um, I wouldn't really say it's fun, but it's definitely very much a looker. So I think it was worth <laughs> it's playing. A it was <laughs> so, so you guess you got a two-hour long screensaver, oh, interactive cool. screensaver. Yes, pretty much. Go back to those days. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. What else have you been playing then? Is that has that been it? Pretty much. Um, besides those, and now no Kiseki, Um, that's pretty much it. So awesome. Uh, cool. All right. Well, well, thank you, James. Uh, keep us in the loop about how your experience with Jet Set Radio has been, because that game is so they much fun. You need to put Future on Steam. Understand, yeah. understand, understand, under... That's Jet Set Radio yeah. Future, isn't Oh, yeah. It? Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so, I John. mean, let's just say that playing Jet Set Radio has kind of said, okay, I can keep my Xbox One around for a bit more as long as uh, Jet Set Radio Future becomes backwards compatible. Yeah, yeah that's the dream. Thank you. Yeah, I am, I'm very hopeful that, you know, Microsoft decides to do that as well, like brings those games back. So, Josh, yeah. you've been gone for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed that you've been doing some kind of versus streams. I know you've been posting some GIFs and stuff like that as well, but also you've been doing your own Twitch streams of that. Uh, seems like you've been having a lot of fun with it, playing around and getting some really cool uh, cool moments. Yeah, uh, Gundam versus uh been like this whole big thing for me just ever since for a few years i'm a big gundam versus series fan it's the 2v2 uh fighting game where like each of the units in it have a certain cost and you have a shared team life bar uh, associated with that and uh, all the all the new stuff uh, associated with it is it's been kind of tripping up a lot of people because compared to the last game the last game was a lot uh, focused on the neutral a lot. It was very uh, rewarded patience and like you know ranged attacks. And this one is a lot more aggressive. You're very much uh, in there uh, uh, more time than uh, not. So uh, Gundam versus has been kind of a a weird like eye opening experience that like my friends and I have been kind of working through trying to like decipher. Okay, like th- this is kind of like the the meta right now because we're very like competitive about that game. Uh, definitely my kind of uh, like it's not it's not Street Fighter. It's not Blaze Blue. But um, the Gundam versus is like my competitive uh, game of choice. So right now, in terms of like uh, a unit I'm sticking with, there's there was a new DLC unit, uh, Gundam Virtue from Gundam Double O series, that's kind of been like the suit that I've clicked with the most. Like there are mm-hmm. other suits here and there that you know I, I like them, but it's not like my preferred playstyle. And that and that baby just just fucking kills it because it's very it's kind of like a big boy suit it's very it's very it's very because like big like shoulder cannons and it can deploy like a like a little invincibility field for a very very short amount of time but that's enough time for it to like kind of charge up its cannon and just do big damage for like it's uh it's relatively low cost so i've been having a lot of fun with that there's um 
very very smart advancements to the formula that you know if you if you've never played a Gundam uh, versus game this thing's coming out in English at the end of September I want to say the 29th I can't remember off I the think so I think you're right head. yeah it's like right at the end I know that yeah but uh, it's definitely worth giving it a shot for sure uh, so I'm just kind of you know helping spread the word that like hey like you know if you're looking for a different kind of fighting game different kind of experience definitely give this one a shot because this is honestly like one of the best games I've played uh, this year. I mean, I, obviously, I'm kind of biased for it, but at the same time, it's just it's it's one of the best games we well. played this year. Yeah, but but Tech Raptor was the only one that gave um, that game their best of E3 award, or at least have, one of our guys yeah. did. We, we don't have fancy E3 emblems nope, and badges. And we're okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, other than Gundam Versus, I didn't, I finally put up my review of Valkyrie Revolution kind of on the late end but you know I was kind of dealing with some stuff over the month of July so sounds I kinda... like you had more fun writing the review than playing the game oh man that thing that thing is a gigantic bummer because I played that the earliest time I got my hands on Valkyrie Revolution was like the the, the beta test on it I was like I don't know if it was released to the public but I was like okay I kind of see what they're going for I, but obviously there's still a beta test so hopefully you know in the final version it'll be okay but that thing is just rough around the edges and like it's everything that I, I kind of hope video games don't try to be because anything that thing tries to do kind of falls flat. So Valkyria Revolution, first and foremost, is not like Valkyria Chronicles at all. Mm. And that's fine. I'm willing to separate you know, Valkyria Chronicles from Revolution because the developers wanted to like kind of separate themselves from that uh, whole thing. For why, I don't know. I mean, I kind of like the, the flow of Chronicles. But so let's see what they're trying to do. Revolution is more of an action RPG. Um, the battle system in it isn't like the turn-based, you know, uh, ones you see in Chronicles. You can freely move around. There's no movement gauge uh, per unit, and there's more fantasy, medieval fantasy oriented, but a little bit of steampunk in it as well. Because you have these, uh, if you remember the Ragnite, uh, like ore from the Chronicles series, like kind of fuel source, and that there's kind of still a source but it's like the source of like magic in this world it's kind of so it's like these minerals that like give off magical energy so you lead this anti-valkyria squad called the the vanergen unit and all of their weapons are powered by ragnite so you have the main character amlet uh, who has this gigantic buster sword uh, powered by it um you had this uh what was her name ophelia uh, the princess, uh, she's the main heroine of it. Uh, her rapier is uh, powered by Ragnite as well, and all your other members. So you go around, and you have all the all the units you'd expect to see in the Chronicles game, uh, like they have guns on them, and they're shooting at you. But you don't really have to take cover or go behind a wall, because your uh, party is often tanky enough to like like a single bullet will like take off maybe one one hundred fiftieths of your life bar. Like, that's just how tanky you are. You can just, like, go straight into, like, gunfire oh. and not come out, like, you know, really damaged. That was so how you... in, the, in the demo, Liam talked about that he just ran forward and threw grenades and stuff. He didn't even have to, like, get out of the way. So. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Like, I, I I just rolled everywhere because, one, that's, like, it wasn't really for evasion. It was just, like, to get battles done faster, faster. because, yeah, yeah <laughs> the battle system isn't fun in it because... You have these AP gauges by your character portraits. They're kind of on the small side. I don't know why you something this important should be kind of bigger, to be honest. But that's the least of my complaints from it. So anytime you have an AP gauge filled, uh, you can do several things. You can do like a standard three-hit combo 
uh, or melee combo with your dude, or you can bring up this battle wheel and you can do you can cast these magical spells uh, that can you know either damage enemies, debuff them, buff your enemy, uh, allies, whatnot. You can uh, use your like your your range weapon, either like your gun or rocket launcher, grenade launcher. Uh, your grenades or your items, and anytime you use do any of these actions, it'll uh, deplete that AP gauge entirely, and then it'll fill up back again until you can do it again. So you can't like continually mash on the melee button because that'll consume your AP gauge. But it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things because uh, your enemy units are divided into formations where they have a commander. So a lot of the strategy in this game is demoralize your enemies by killing their commander first. They go down very fast. Ninety uh, percent of the like like grunt units you can kill like in one hit with your grenades uh and like grenade supply is very plentiful because at first you only start with two then you upgrade it to be more powerful and get and store more grenades with you and you can uh like change characters at uh on the fly anytime in battle with your party of four so you can have like a grand total of like 12 grenades on you because you're just switching characters and they all have three grenades each so whatever just to back okay. up a second, is this like mission based, and you kind of pick like which four characters? I assume you get yeah. more than four you deploy. You okay? So it is mission based, and you can only have four active at a time. But there are some missions where you're you're split into two parties, yeah. so you have two parties of four. But there, there's no no more than four at any other uh, any time with you. But it but missions go by very quickly. They're all very linear. Um, they take no longer than three to four minutes. The only time it'll go over wow. that is like you're up against like this uh, boss battles. Because each boss battle in this game takes unnecessarily long because they're all HP sponges. Uh, whether you're dealing with like human enemies or like these big machinery type enemies, which all have the same like battle plan. You take off like you, you damage one of their parts. They kneel down. They expose their core. You deal as much damage to that as possible. So stock up a grenade launcher yeah. and rock uh, for that. And but it's like uh, all this gameplay that I'm talking about that only really encompasses like 30% of the game, and it's not really that engaging because the other 70% are cutscenes, and the cutscenes in this game just drag on fucking forever. Like I wasn't, I was amazed that like I usually like cutscenes in video games, but this game somehow found a way to kind of just make them a drag. Like you, if you remember like the opening cutscene of Xenosaga and how that was like a one hour long, but it was kind of in a sense that like it didn't it wasn't really dragging itself because things were always happening. It's like wow, this kind of crazy what's happening on screen. And this one just, but every cutscene in this game just is very slow paced. Like the way the camera pans is very slow. Characters talking, it, the characters don't. Ninety five percent of the facial animations in this game are just static. Like there's very very little facial animation to it's almost non existent. Like the only other, the only expressions I remember from the game is like the main character's angry face, which he pops up like once every ten hours, maybe. Everything else is kind of just it's a very bland, static expression. Oh. And How you, long you, is the game in total? Oh god, it's like twenty twenty five hours. Oh, it's not uh, that long. It's not that long, but uh, I know you're gonna get to it sometime this year. I'm just warning you right now that it's. It's a bad game. <laughs> well, the good news well, is you can actually... it's 20 bucks on Amazon, so at least it's not expensive now. Yeah, yeah I, I did, I did say, yeah. buy it as and, it was price falling. I have, like, this morbid curiosity. <laughs> yeah, and it's story. If I were ever going to buy it, I'd buy it on Xbox One because I feel like that version of the game will eventually be kind of rare. Yeah. The, the, the story itself <laughs> yeah, isn't even, like, so. that great because the story premise is 
you have this historian talking to Rochelle. She's talking to this uh, student of hers. And it's kind of like a flashback thing about, uh, about the war, this liberation war of, uh, that this kingdom of Jutland uh, plotted out against this, uh, the, what was it, the, Jut- the Jutland versus the Ruiz, Ruiz Empire. And uh, basically saying, hey, what was like the truth behind this war? Because the student has like, it, not, some things aren't adding up. So it's very much what was the truth behind the war versus what the history books say. Because you had these, it uh, kind of sounds like a, a really, really poor man's version of Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> that, was, that was the kind of whole point of Tactics was Ramza's story yep. was never known. Yep, but yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. The the whole uh, premise of that is oh, like you had know. these uh, five grave sinners uh, who basically manipulated this kingdom of Jutland for their own like story revenge against the the Ruse Empire, and like that aspect of the story has like some like decent merit behind it because it uh, these aren't very much the good guys you you are starting this war for very selfish reasons and you're you're the kind of like the wrong side of the law like kind of you know manipulating this uh country's citizens for your own personal gain you do not like, have uh, the moral high ground yeah exactly that's uh and i thought okay that's actually kind of cool but it's executed just very blandly you there's no surprise twist you see all the twists coming from 10 miles away so just and just this just to put a bow on it, it just the graphics of this game aren't great. It's visually unappealing. The character models are just like porcelain dolls with like an additional layer of wax oh, on top of them. So depressing. Uh, just I don't know. Valkyria Revolution. Just it. I up until this point, I think this is the worst game I played so far this year. Man, As someone who's currently playing Valkyria Chronicles Three, seeing the response to Revolution just yeah bums me out. Obviously, like you said before, we can't compare the two because they're totally different types. Yeah. But just the amount of work that went into three compared to uh, what this game feels like, it's it's kind it's of also, with all the long the long beta that it had. You think that there would been like a bigger input on that? It's, it's, it's just kind of a lot of bummer because okay. Media Vision, the developer, has a pretty mm-hmm. good track record. Track, track Still record, do otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, like when you heard like they're on the project, you you know you have high hopes because like they had um, the Digimon games, which were well received, um, Cyber Sleuth, um, and I heard that the Summonite game they did was pretty decent. And it's, just... it's it's probably more like they had a vision; it just didn't follow through <laughs> yeah, the way they I, wanted it to. It's, I think there's a like, there's a lot of like hesitation in the, uh, I feel like because there are a lot of things that that seem like oh this seems like a good idea but i don't know if it's going to work out well it will well with the fans and i feel like that's what the beta tests were and they just didn't know how what to make of the feedback they didn't know if they wanted to go all the way with it or kind of still have remnants of chronicles and i think they should have just gone all the way without looking back instead of like this this weird confusing game that they they kind of put out mm-hmm. it's just if they really want to change up the formula change it up very fundamentally to the point that like just go for it just tell don't worry about what what the past like you know dictates for this series. I mean, you are you already committed yourself wholeheartedly to like making this very different. Then just go for it. Yeah, you know. Hopefully that means they'll turn around and make a much better Valkyrie Chronicles Four. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Hopeful, but the problem hopefully. is like that's it's if this is supposed to be their uh, judge for whether they want to make a it's four or localize yeah. the rest in the West because of how poorly it likely did then. Gosh, I think I think fair, they saw the dumpster fire coming well in advance to the point where they had to say, "Okay, no, this game, no matter how it does, is not going to be representative for the Valkyria series going forward." Yeah. It's worth they mentioning. It's worth mentioning two things. First of all, its starting price was forty dollars, 
So like that was kind of a, a little bit of a red flag, maybe like oh, they're not even oh, considering I don't know. this full price game. Is 30 but bucks, so. yeah, but that's a remake. But but also yeah, like true. even at like E3, which is you know a month before it released, Sega was like totally silent. Oh yeah, there was no demo of it. Like E3 they were they were showing off some of the Atlas 3DS games mm-hmm. and things like that. I think they had Yakuza's. Uh, Kwame and Six there. Yeah. They showed off even they the, uh, really the cool, Vanillaware uh, game. Kind of part portion of their booth where they're yeah, even that, that handing out freaking... <laughs> but they, showed, they even showed off the Vanillaware game but then like this game which was like releasing in a month like no promotion whatsoever. Like I didn't see any. I wasn't at E3 but like no, through was, their socials, the channels like absent. <laughs> Maybe so, they, they, they'd rather put uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim which is like not even like a thing at this point still being very much in development <laughs> and it's like over like this game like just no space for it so <laughs> bottom line is that you know between Valkyrie Revolution Valkyrie Chronicles Remastered get yeah, Valkyrie Chronicles Remastered get, get e- easily of yeah, course yeah, yeah. Uh, easy just, choice. if you're new yeah. to the series I should say like, if you want to have fun don't play this game yeah <laughs> uh, but if like, you haven't the... played Valkyrie Chronicles yet really play it it's like one of the most unique well done like all well-rounded games you could possibly play, I think. Yeah. See, There's nothing else yeah. really like N- it. Not to harp too long on this, but I think that a lot of people' impression of the entire game, if they haven't played Valkyrie Chronicles, is maybe the demo, which was not a good, really that good a demo because it was just like the first little mission or whatever. So, but just know that that game gets way better the more it goes. Uh, so, totally worth it to play it that. But aside from Valkyrie Revolution, because we've been talking about it for a while, mm-hmm. I know you just started trying to play Trails of Cold Steel on PC. Yeah. Uh, so this kind of like a PSA because Trails of Cold Steel PC did come out uh, like that. That was the week of this recording, yeah. uh, and uh, you know it, apparently it's, it's, a, it's a great PC port. It's worked, uh, worked on by Durante and everything, but just I, I read it this problem. Maybe you know I don't know if Brian and other people did, but upon upon yeah. startup I was getting this uh, crash on like ed8.exe well, isn't responding, and the temporary solution behind it uh, was to skip you know the intro uh, movie and the logos but obviously you're going to run into more cutscenes in the game which will make it crash it's kind of like an inevitable inevitable thing you can skip all the movies but you'll be kind of gimping yourself on the experience because there's some cool cutscenes in it uh so much a story-based game yeah so so what uh what you do for those at least on my end is i had to like uninstall my the divix divx codec from my pc and that started making it work but then other people had other codecs like uh, FFD show and whatnot that worked out for them when they uninstalled that. So if anyone's having that crash uh, launch on on their end, then definitely try to. Uh, it might be a codec issue. Video uh, codecs can always not be, so much a can be a little bit of a headache. Work, though, because I mean, it sounds like the codecs, like it's third-party codecs, are causing the problem, not stuff that just comes with Windows. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that's like it's it's the fault on their end, but the the people definitely have. A lot of people have definitely third-party codecs on there. I'm not saying it's yeah. the fault of developers. It's just more of a PSA. Just kind of how cutscenes often are, are yeah. uh, implemented th- in the first place. Yeah, a couple so. things. One is that they just put out a patch, and so it might have something to do with that. Maybe it caused that conflict to begin with. Unless you've noticed, Josh, no, that there's I, been I, old I tried, posts. Tried it, I tried it on uh, all the versions on 1.0 and 1.1 and the most recent one. I, oh. I, I tried on all those, and it, nothing actually worked until the uninstalling that codec. Well, the other point I was going to make was that, so you're skipping the opening move, 
movies and stuff like that. There's a prologue, and then there's actual like an actual like opening cutscene kind of CG yeah. thing or whatever. So you're not really missing anything really because I think that if I'm not mistaken, that whole opening part that it does in the beginning of the game, uh, but when you start to launch it, the, I think it's repeated, isn't it? Like it does it again yeah. but with more. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So, so you'll, 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 get, you'll get yeah. And there are still cutscenes where like you know where it goes to the map of the region yeah. where it like shows the travel routes. Like I imagine yeah. that's where it's gonna crash on them because when I looked up where the the actual movie folder. Uh, in the yeah, game those are in the movie folder, so yeah. so th- th- those would crash on it too if they encountered that. So fun, fun thing about that is that there's also a background music folder I found, and I changed the music and I post that. And apparently, uh, got shit on by an XT employee. No, I think it shit on. Brittany, Brittany loved it. Brittany loved <laughs> she loved it. The, duck, the Ducktales theme. Yeah, I, I actually. Well, yeah, the Ducktales, yeah, that. but the Persona Five thing is like. No, she. Yeah, well, actually, Reen, actually, uh, the voice of Reen. I responded saying, he, he's like, I'm in man, two Persona so. games, guys. Because <laughs> he's also, <laughs> yeah, he's also nice. a voice in Persona 5. And so, uh, yeah, he was, he was actually totally into it. Yeah, with Brittany, though. Uh, she wanted. She's like, I'll forgive you if you put the Ducktales theme from Mario Paint. I we, was redone in Mario Paint into the game. And I did that, and then I did the victory music. Was the X Men theme, the animated series nice. theme, as the victory music. So I think she was okay with it. That's. So. Uh, I think the the coolest part. Just I haven't actually started the game proper yet. Like I've, I played the Japanese version, but I haven't played the English version yet. But the yeah. coolest part about this PC port is that the configuration tool with it has like a preview mode on it that yes. like actually shows. Yeah. Like each and every different setting, like okay, what does this actually affect? And I wish more fucking games did that. That's brilliant. So apparently, um, there was like I don't know who who responded. I think it's that uh, someone who works for Exceed was like they're thinking about adding that. For example, oh, the Turbo. Yeah, yeah, Sarah, the Turbo Pro- mode. Yeah. She's the programmer. She, she might. She's put actually that in the working teams. on it today. I think she was yeah. like messing yeah, with Yeah, she just posted out a tweet about how she's. Um, <laughs> yeah, she just posted out a tweet about her kind of troubleshooting the uh, feature like right now that'd be yeah that th- i think that's cool because i've been i think uh, i think we might have preempted you before you actually said it but she's trying to put the turbo mode into the trails in the sky trilogy yeah so it's just that's cool yeah i know a lot of people like not a lot of people maybe but there's been like a third you know an unofficial add-on you could put on there to kind of get a, a turbo mode but she's yeah. going to officially put one yeah in, I, I this is great because the, just to back up on what the turbo mode is, like Durante added a turbo mode in the Cold Steel PC port, so you press uh, like a button to like uh, speed things up, and there's like various settings on like when it actually triggers and when it doesn't, depending on like your battle settings and whatnot. So that's awesome because a lot of like traversing like the big maps in Cold Steel kind of drags. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and I, when I was <sighs> talking about Final Fantasy XII, you know, yep, I cannot exactly. go back to that game without a turbo mode there. So it's yeah, like we talked really about that cool a lot. Thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> It's cool because like I'm picking up uh, Trails in the Sky the third again. I wasn't able to complete that before E3, so I, I I'm like at the beginning of Chapter Four and just like the battles. I like I love the battle system in these games, especially in the third because you know it's a, it's a lot more involved. Mm-hmm. But I a turbo mode would be freaking godlike in those kinds of games because they, oh, the animations yeah. do take a while to. The get game done. takes a while to start up, and this part of it is the slow movement. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that's Just awesome. That's awesome. Don't turbo see. mode the cutscenes at the very end because I stand by my thought that um, Trails in the Sky the Third has probably one of the most like down to earth endings to an RPG I've ever played. Yeah. Especially if you played the first two games in the Sky. I hope, I hope you played the first two games. Yeah, hopefully, or you're going to be really freaking confused. Yeah. Just don't Sky, pull... or Trails the Third is definitely not a jumping on point. Yeah. <laughs> no. Adam, Who are these people? I think Adam, you did that right, like with Xenosaga. Oh, oh you Xenosaga were episode two. No, Xenosaga. <laughs> I started episode two first. I, I was thinking it was like Final Fantasy or something. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, episode, uh, so, the episode like, part. <laughs> 
we made yeah. fun of you before about this, so I didn't want to uh, jump too much. So has that been it, though, Josh, for you, for those games? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Cool. Checking out other stuff on the side, but I'll talk uh, about that later Yes. next week. Of course, I know what you're talking about. Great. Adam, I, I know last week so, you, you said you went like 10 minutes into Horizon Zero Dawn before you stopped. So how's it been? Two so weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Does that have a turbo so, mode? No, it does not. <laughs> you go pretty fast. So, yeah, so I just decided to play through Horizon. Um because I wanted to, and mm-hmm. it's so I guess just to get to like the conclusion first, I don't think I'm as positive on it as her reviewer was, who I think it's her Natalie's game of the year um it's a very 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 pretty game um i'm i I'm not playing on a four k t v even though mm. I have a ps four pro but like you can it's it's a very well it's a very good <laughs> visual like you know performing game for the PlayStation four. And it's really, really well made in that sense. It's a looker. Um, yes, and it has a great. Not only it's not only just like the like its actual performance, but it, the aesthetics like are really, really nice. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of you know just the the clothing style, the environment style, and the you know the just the whole visual aesthetic to the game too is is well done and cohesive, um, and also fairly unique. It doesn't really look like other games. Um, it's got you know you see a horizon screenshot and you're pretty and you know what game it's from immediately, but it's so the thing that I that I probably am most critical of is that it's an open world game, and I kind of felt it was a little bit too typical in places, in terms of like side quests and and like world exploration. It it kind of gives you the feeling, despite all the praises I give for the visuals that you that I played the game before, like oh this side quest has me go to this little waypoint and oh now I got to put on my Batman vision. I mean Witcher senses. I mean I don't even remember what they call it in the game. Like her tra- tracking sense, her focus, and like follow this little glowing pair of footprints, you know, into to find the next you know part of the quest and like explore this you know new area. And it just search in the circle to find a key item for the quest. And it just kind of felt like I had played this it feel, game before. It feels like it's just checking the boxes. Yeah, um, and a lot of the side quests were kind of the the same types of side quests most of them that you'd expect like kill these certain enemies you know so many collect these certain parts from certain enemies you know defend this little outpost from a wave of enemies type of thing and it is so it, it's not necessarily like done poorly but it it's just kind of felt typical to me um I think everyone in terms experienced of, the, the tropes it fell into the tropes it just yeah um, I will say that the combat in this game does have its own unique flair to it because it's very projectile based. Uh, Alloy or Aloy does most of her, um, you know, most of your combat from range with a bow or with a sling and things like that. And there's very basically, it's almost like if you end up resulting or going to her melee attacks, you're almost doing it wrong. Like you should never get to that point where you're in close <laughs> combat with uh with with the enemies because you you either should be stealthy and like not have to do that or be you know at safe distance from range using your ammo so that's that's a little bit unique that it doesn't really place the emphasis on melee in terms of combat um it's a lot of projectile attacks a lot of you can do a lot of trip wires and traps and things like that and it's done well enough that like placing a bunch of trip wires doesn't feel like it's a big waste of time or a hassle it's very they're effective against like certain monsters to uh, you know that you want to do it like you want to set up traps because it's it, it works um and you're gonna you know it's just you're basically asking for trouble if you don't 
just kind of the larger larger structure of the world in terms of like exploring different waypoints and things and the the side quest system those are the things that kind of bring it down i still think it's a pretty good game but just kind of one step removed from being like an outstanding game. i have a weird question for you about this game so when you obviously when you're placing these traps you lure these monsters into it but how is there a is there a certain radius where they're like they'll fo- they'll follow you and then like turn back or can you just like uh, plant these traps somewhere far off and then like lure this big ass monster can, into it? You can lure monsters. Um, I never felt like I had to get like she literally can whistle like okay you, you can be hiding so this is where it gets a little bit video gamey. There's this mm-hmm. tall grass that you can find that it's like it has it's like red grass and it's it's kind of like a visual indicator like this is grass you can hide in if it's red you can hide in it um and you can like use her like she can whistle and have enemies come towards her and like they don't see her um or your character and you can like lure them into traps that way or you can if you want to you can just get their attention and just kind of put a run between you know have them have the trap between you and them and then they'll kind of run right into it um so you can either do it stealthily or just not but I've never really had any issues like getting monsters to kind of follow the path that you kind of want them to. It's it's pretty it's pretty uh, easy on you that way. Where it's, right. it's not it's not a big hassle to like no go go towards the trap. <laughs> um, okay, got it. Yeah, because so, I, I recently picked up that game too. It was like on sale for thirty bucks or something a few days ago. Yeah, on Amazon. So yeah, I'll get around to it. Yeah. Um, story stuff like i do think one of natalie's our reviewers praises of the game is that alloy is a really well done character like really well you know established and kind of a fully fledged fully fleshed out character and i agree with that i think she's pretty well done um very believable you know mm-hmm. her, all, all the motives make sense there's no like disconnect between what she wants and what i think she should want it all makes sense um but i do think some of the story stuff it is kind of an interesting base premise um, it's an, uh, basically a post-apocalyptic world, um, but I still think it's a little bit. I think it works well for if this is going to be end up being like the first game in a series, uh, not like, not like the re- most recent ASX game where that game was like most really really obviously building up to a sequel, um, <laughs> and that it's never going to happen. Yeah, it, it, but it, it does kind of feel like this was kind of like an interesting premise um, that maybe didn't go as far as I wanted it to go. Did you um, did you finish it? I, I, yeah, sorry, I missed it. Okay, okay. Um, but it, it, I do think the the story is, does kind of whimper out a little bit near the mm. end. Um, but so I think it's a pretty good game. I liked it. With just kind of a couple of things that I wish were just not so typical. How um, long is it? Uh, how, how uh, I, I did get the platinum, which kind of involves like basically exhausting the maps. But oh, even shit. then, that's that was I think that was like. 45 hours that's not like a oh that's not too bad that was like, i was thinking that, like 70 or something we yeah. got the platinum okay so it's but it's um so okay horizon zero dog cool i think i basically covered everything <laughs> all right aside from that though i know you've been also jumping back into your backlog as i kind of just before well i the next thing i want to play is zelda and i mm. GameStop and a couple of places are starting to get uh switches in more uh frequently so I ordered a Switch and Zelda from GameStop, but not being GameStop, it takes them a while to uh, deliver it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> at least you got one. You, you, at least one is on your way. Yeah. Well, I, I recently received you it. You got it. You took a okay. picture. I saw that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> cool. Uh, but while I was waiting for it, I'm like, well, what do I want to play like before Zelda gets here? And I know that's kind of I played. I just played an open world game, and Zelda's another one. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna play 
Wild Arms 3 on PlayStation 4. Um, this is a game that I've already played on PlayStation 2. It's a PlayStation 2, like, just an HD, basically, upscale. But it's a game I like a lot. Um, I love Wild Arms 3. Mm-hmm. It's it's a type of game where, like, I really adore this game, but I find it hard to recommend because it I, I feel like there's a lot of things about it that you are legitimately, you could criti- criticize as, like, poor, being poorly done. Like, for example, all the dungeons look the same. You yeah. fight the same bosses, like, over and over again. There's kind of, like, these three sets of bosses you fight probably, like, six times each. Um, <laughs> you know, it's... it's um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like, even though I love this game, I can't really re- uh, recommend it easily. But it does suit, like, a very specific t- set of tastes. And I, I wish there were more Wild West RPGs. Yeah. It's, I just kind of figured it'd be a kind of a good break game to play in between two open-world games. Yeah, you know, for sure. It's a game I'm already familiar with, so like I don't have to like. There's no learning curve, or anything like that. Um, it's my favorite of the Wild Arms series. It's definitely got the most. It's a turn-based RPG. I think it does some really cool things with its systems in terms of like the flexibility and how you and how you power up each character's like arm, their weapon. Mm-hmm. You have a little bit of flexibility there. How you equip different summons on each character. It's kind of like a materia system, only a little bit more involved. It's and the original put, arms game before arms. Yeah, you, can, you can put um, you can put like different items on each of these materia. They're not called materia, but whatever they're called, and like that'll affect what like passive skills you, each character gets. So basically, you get like a lot of flexibility in how you approach the turn-based combat, and I really really like that. But I also love things like the style. It's kind of like it's a really old PlayStation Two game. It, it's a, it's very out. like early era cell shading. Yeah, it's cell shaded. But I think it came out in like two thousand and. Two or yeah, and the only game that, that came out around that time that really, unfortunately, didn't com- doesn't compare to like Final Fantasy X or anything like that. It, it kind of reminds me of like the first Shadow Hearts game where it's like really early PS2. But it's so um, good. Shadow Hearts I'm trying to think. Of, uh, I'm thinking of like Dark Cloud Two when it comes to like the 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 graphical style. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Suicune Three kind of thing, you know that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything um, just had social media. <laughs> yeah, really back then, you know, just that design. I think it has probably the best cast of characters. Um, in the Wild Arms series, mm-hmm. um, the story is kind of a, a little bit mumbo jumbo. Um, it actually gets really like, kind of like into like, like pseudoscience gibberish stuff. Oh, um, it's but it's just kind of a game that I just you know, it's one of my games that I'm really fond of. And ever since it was put on PlayStation Four, like I kind of just wanted to replay it just because you know I like the game. For sure. Like, I don't I don't go for trophies in every game, but like you know what I enjoy this game enough that I think I'm just gonna play it again, get the trophies, you know. Re- How are the trophies in that? Well, well, um, that well here's like? the thing. So like okay. I I played most of the main game, and la- when I played it on PlayStation Two, I didn't really bother with a lot of the side quests, like post game stuff. Yeah. Um, because it is pretty substantial, and it can be a little bit of a time sink. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, that's actually kind of a another, I guess, bonus in a sense, if you want to call it that, for me replaying it. Because, like, I never did this post-game stuff before, and it now it's really getting into the mechanics, making sure you set up your team right, or else you're not going to succeed. Um, but there are some things, like, in terms of the trophy gathering, where it's like, well, in order to beat the super optional mega boss of the game, you kind of have to do a lot of... You have to put in the time. Work and not, not just even, like, getting your characters up to near max level but making sure you like get like special items to get special skills on each character and you know mm-hmm. basically you have to kind of exhaust the game to max it out your characters as much as you can so it's it is but if i had done this before i probably wouldn't do it again but since i hadn't done it before you know what, i'll just do it now why not scaling back a bit before the wild arms thing just 
initial impressions, first impressions of having a Switch like in your hand. What do, what do you think of it? Like the size? Uh, I have not opened the box. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, I, I got it uh, a couple days ago, and I just put it on my desk, and it's still sitting there. Awesome. Well, <laughs> nice. it'll be there when you want to eventually get around to playing yeah. it. We've still got five months to get all the games in that you need to, so before the conversation... Yeah, we have, we're, still, we're, still we have the, to... yeah, we're still in the dry period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dry period? I don't know. There's, there's actually there's actually some good stuff you could be playing right now uh, to make up for that. But oh yeah, I mean there's still like a lot of games. Like the, there's a good dry period to have to to catch up on the things that you like the we, front we loaded have, of the game uh, of the year. What like Horizon, Zelda, Nier, and Persona hitting like in back to back to back to back. Yeah. So this, this is this is there's <laughs> yeah. a good dry period. And I think we've got like November and December will also be a good time to kind of catch up on that stuff too. Because otherwise, unless you of course are looking forward to the other big releases of the year um september and oh. october tend to be like that's getting towards the end of like the big RPG next stuff. month is gonna be crazy mm-hmm, yeah. i mean i know josh was talking about like um september 29th is when gundam versus is coming out in the west but i'm pretty sure both of us are gonna be either playing or looking at information about sen no Kiski 3 since he you talked about playing the uh, games in japanese so. yeah I'm, I'm thinking about it but like that's a lot. There's a lot of games coming out. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I also, I also, be huge. We, I, I, also be I, I, I also played those games before I joined RPG site. So I had a lot more free time back then. So we'll see. We'll see. And like September also has like, um, what you say and Duncan Rupa um, V3. Yeah. Oh, and Mary Skelter. Yeah. Mary Skelter and uh, I, I'm, I'm forgetting like there's Infinity Original Sin 2 that was our game of the year a couple of years ago the first oh, yeah. one I mean that's right oh, 15 I want to say yeah there's, a, there's a lot of good stuff too. and then you've got like the SNES Classic Edition coming out that month too and so I might be spending time with that just for kicks you know so there's a lot of good stuff if coming you get out one then. Yeah, uh, I mean, they said that there's going to be a big stock, but I'm going <laughs> to jump on that. Because you could have probably gotten the NES. It's just that people didn't assume it was going to end so soon. So, like, no one really, like, t- took it seriously as much. Because I do remember at a time, you could have, like, I- I'm usually on top of those deals. And so, like, they're usually whenever the um, stock went out, you had, like, maybe an hour or two to to get a, uh, to get one of those units it's just that I didn't really take it seriously because I assume it was like here to stay, you know, like any other the Genesis or Atari flashback consoles, you know, like you could always go out and get one of those. I, I assume like Nintendo Sega has made so like... much money on those things. So hmm? I, was not, say, I feel like know. Sega has made a good number of like Genesis, you know, like it's not really Sega either. It's like it's at games or, they've or, made or, some. Uh, and they just put out yeah. they just they just put out pre-orders or they will soon for a new one that's got like way more games for cheaper price. Uh, that doesn't I, seem I, so... I, hear, I hear not so good things about that Genesis. Yeah, Flash. They, they says there the was a GameSpot um, there's a GameSpot article or something along those lines, right? Yeah, it's, it's something about like the they they replied back saying it was uh, a fault of the a faulty review unit. So we'll see if that actually is true or else or not. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, okay. it's not. No, to be fair though, the ad games, the previous ones weren't that good either. There's problems with like the way that yeah. they showed up on screen. My bigger point was just that you know they there's these have existed for a while, and Nintendo apparently was making a ton of money, like a killing, like it was the biggest Christmas like holiday product last year yet. We saw what happened. I remember so, uh, it was like PlayStation I just, 4 was I, in first place, and then yeah. NES Classic was second place in terms of sales. Yeah, it's like a best-selling console. I don't like, know. I just 
I just don't have much faith in like Nintendo like keeping it like healthy and stuff because even though no matter how much they keep the pump out, like I don't know how much you'd have to like make for like to like beat out the scalpers because it's gonna be like whole scalper operations. No, it's, it's gonna only... be worse this time. And, 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 and they've Fox already yeah, star, first Star Fox Two is on it. The completed ROM finally on it. They finally uh, they also already stated like this is only gonna be a thing for this year. They've already out said like that's the what availability on it. Yeah, I mean that's not. I'm not gonna say like it's gonna be around for a while either. Like they they said that at the beginning that it was still only just going to be this calendar year and yeah. they had no plans for beyond so that was like on the outset they, they already said something like so that so I just don't know if they're going to if it doesn't happen know. then fuck it I'll just continue playing these old games like the way I had before and just not worry about the small set just get a Raspberry Pi or whatever yeah, and I mean, not worry about it but still I, I, I yeah. still wonder they're, they're how definitely, definitely give it a shot I'm not yeah. saying not to <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying don't get your hopes up like, like stick around I'm not point. I'm not I just <laughs> I just want it That's. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll grab it if I can but if not then I'm not going to lose sleep or something we've talked about this before but I'm still curious like how virtual console is gonna work like yeah i have so many like virtual console games on my wii u which i kind of have like a bunch of wii and wii u eShop, or not i guess virtual console games on that on that wii u console but it's like are they gonna be stuck there forever you know it just uh. (laughs) that reminds me james have you tried out that voice app for the switch he did say that right like he yeah i tried saying it up it's very very stupid what i ended up doing and (laughs) I think this happened like one of the first times I was on the podcast. I was just like, you know, I had to set up this really weird like um, mic port nonsense where I had like one of okay. one of my aux cables like one plugged into the mic port on my computer and the other plugged into the uh, switch itself, okay. just so I could actually talk to people nice. while I could hear the in-game audio. And that's freaking ridiculous. There needs to be that's... a better way. Ah <laughs> uh, man, good job, Nintendo. Really killing it. Really killing it. I mean, they did say before, like, what was it, like, uh, a few weeks ago, or maybe longer than that, when they revealed details about the uh, the online service, they said that they had changed it, where now it's like you get ongoing access to a library of games uh, with added online play. But uh, I think it's that uh, they'll have, like, just a few NES games at the launch, and then they'll add other stuff later with Super Nintendo. It's, like, only... That's, like, only under consideration, so we don't know how long it's going to take before we get the other games. I just know for a fact, I'm not... I don't think I'm going to touch any of that crap, because I can't stand the idea of paying Nintendo again for the games that I bought maybe one or twice... One or two times already. Like, I don't... I hate that model. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to help with that. And there's even a rumor going around that possibly... PlayStation firmware 5.0 might have give you access to PlayStation One games. Uh, be, that was, I was actually just about to mention. I have a couple of like, uh, like PlayStation One RPGs on my PlayStation Three. That's like, are they stuck there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, for example, I've if... played Legend of Dragoon. Yeah, it that. would be cool if they, it. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. Oh, but actually, yeah, I would totally be down for something like that. Especially, I think the idea though is that like. Um, I would hope, like what you're talking about, it would be like the Xbox and that, like, if you've got the digital versions, great. Otherwise, if you have the retail versions, just as good. You can still play them. Um, I think the biggest problem with, like, the PlayStation 4, for example, like, we already have our griefs about the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 4 service, how much of a drip feed. It's because Sony, of course, has their, like, requirements for having that stuff. Like, you know, the improved visuals, also trophies. Without, if they got rid of that stuff, if the possibility of PlayStation 1 games just means that it just has to you know, give us the go-ahead, then they'd be a lot better off. I think Sony shot themselves in the foot with that other service, so... I'm going to mention... Now, this is a topic I'm not, like, super, you know, knowledgeable about, so this is going to sound pretty vague, but I know there's been some th- issues, with, like, I guess, with these requirements you mentioned. Like, for example, Suikoden 3, 
was digitally made digitally available on PlayStation 3. But like I remember the the guy who used to work at Konami, uh, he yeah. now works for Sony actually. I unfortunately just don't remember his name. Um, yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways, his his Twitter handle is like Yuchi. Um mm-hmm. But like he was saying that like Suikoden 3 cannot go on PlayStation 4, and he implied it was due to like middleware issues, like you know these contracts or whatever with how the yeah. game was originally made and like they, for whatever reason legally they can release it re-release it as a digital title on playstation 3 but they can't do it on playstation 4 i can see so. that yeah yeah that I mean, he would makes... know right like he would of all people because he's been working so hard on that stuff yeah he now works for the um the guy i'm thinking of now does uh the, the playstation now stuff actually it, it's it's, it's so, yeah. so it's a weird thing because like you have like these uh this era we're, we're really seeing it a lot more often uh, these days of like things just getting taken down because of music licenses or things can't happen because of certain licenses before that or outside agencies like just back then just trying to predict the future of like how these things were going to be archived if they were even under consideration to be archived at all Man, and remember yeah. that kind of shitstorm surrounding GTA San Andreas on Steam a few years back? Oh, yeah, like the the whole radio type deal. And it's like they forced you to update it. So even though you'd bought it before the uh, licenses expired, you still lost your old save date and all that shit. Yeah, yeah and the updated version wasn't that good either. So like they, the worst part about that is that they charge like a big price for it. And then like... You could get the current copy for like a couple bucks. Or something. It was like I, I remember it being like a big thing, like the pricing of, of it all, and like it wasn't even that impressive to begin with. So I don't know. It, it should, was like it, a very basic port, if I remember right. We're still like in the in the in the midst of like this weird scramble of like how are we gonna like make our backward like our previous titles like forward thinking now, yeah, like game preservation. Yeah, yeah. like I, like like like. At least mentioned it seems like uh, Microsoft has gotten yeah. handle that shit. Yeah, you mentioned that before. Like Microsoft definitely has like the best solution at the moment outside of like you know just the endless library that you know you can go with on PC. But I, I Nintendo, uh, Sony just they they need to figure something out because PlayStation now is not a great solution either. No, there's also like the potential that PlayStation now might be a service you'll get with. If you have a PlayStation Plus membership, and I'm like, I don't really want that, especially because want, of bandwidth yeah, issues. Exactly, I'm not a fan. I I remember like uh, the only way I could actually quote unquote play Cold Steel on PC before the PC port came out was trying that PlayStation Now uh, PC version. I was like, mm, no, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, so outside of that stuff, uh, for me, I haven't really been playing that much. Uh, I wrapped up. I don't know if I beat the neo dlc defined honor last week or not but i got that done and then also started like just a little bit into moiro chronicle which will be out on steam in a little over a week uh i didn't really touch much of that so i will talk about that next week i think when i've actually really dove deep into that um but that's yeah that's kind of it so let's move into news because we got so much to talk about and i know we want to get to it so uh Last week, before actually the podcast last week, uh, Square Enix announced that Dragon Quest XI would be coming to the West sometime in 2018. They didn't share any details about the platforms or uh, you know a more honed-in date or anything like that. But what happened was that a couple of days later, uh, after our, we record our podcast, Sony had actually posted the trailer for the game on their YouTube channel, both PlayStation America and PlayStation Europe. Unfortunately... That was probably a mistake because a little bit after that, they actually deleted the video from their channel. So they unintentionally confirmed that it's going to be coming for PlayStation 4. And I don't think anyone had any shadow of a doubt that that was going to yeah. happen because it's clearly what they would do because it's such a big system here. Um, 
we just don't know whether that means that it's also going to happen for the 3DS and the Switch. Uh, I think that the only one that we're kind of concerned about is the 3DS because Switch seems also like a given if that still happens. Like at this point, they haven't shared anything about it. it makes you wonder if, if there's going to be a Switch version at all, if they're going to just cancel it eventually. But, you know, we'll find out. It's such a big yeah. series, I'd be surprised, but you never know. The Switch version will actually be based off the 3DS version. That'd be kind of <laughs> rad, too. I'd be down for that as well. <laughs> I'd be totally okay if they actually end up doing that. I mean, I would say, though, It'd that It'd make they... no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it wouldn't. They did give some, some sort of indication that it would be actually a separately developed version, uh, which, you know, I don't know why they'd go to all that effort. It could just be that the PlayStation 4 version just you know with the changing in resolutions once you plug it in no big deal uh but square enix i guess wants to put more work on the developers so we'll find out i mean the one i the reason i'm curious about the 3ds is that whole like 3d to 2d transitions and all that stuff like the the op- option that you have and it's such a cool thing like i've seen screenshots i'm sure you guys have as well like on twitter yeah. where people are comparing the same scene across three different platforms or three mm-hmm. different versions so um That'd That's be... so bizarre that like they still made the, like that decision for this game. That's so cool. That, they, they, it's 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 like they almost developed. Um, this has been said before, but like the game and then the remake of the game at the same time. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Just so like they're like. Hey, I, guys. I, know, I know some people who are like, you know, they're gonna play the the 3DS version like in 2D mode, like as if it's like a an SNES RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll just go straight into the PlayStation 4 version as though it's like a remake. Um, it's like a whole new experience. And it is kind of a whole different experience, right? And Yeah. Uh, bit, this is yeah, just a minor thing. All the, but, all the battle systems are different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is just a minor thing. Actually, I think Josh is just implying this. But mm-hmm. um, Dragon Quest is uh, a turn-based game, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's normally, more specifically, like round-based, where you select your actions. And then you're once you like confirm it, your characters kind of act in sequence of like who is fastest and whatnot. Um, so it's like round-based. Whereas I know, like, the PlayStation 4 version of Dragon Quest Eleven is, like, more strictly turn-based. Like, you choose your character's actions and he acts right away. Then the next character's actions and then they act right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the 3DS version is round-based again. And so, like, that actually... I know some people who are playing the import version. And, like, that actually comes into play for, like, certain boss fights and things. Um, whether you're, like, doing this round-based combat or this turn-based combat. So it's kind of... Kind of it's weird, weird that it's, yeah, it's weird that like that that little just minor change of like how you approach combat like changes up so many things in uh, how you approach battles. Like it's one of those things like you don't really think about until it's actually directly laid out at you. Yeah, and that's and, and I want to just say that I have a huge appreciation for Dragon Quest because like throughout the entire series, it stuck with a particular vision, at least with Yuji Hori, and the like the design of it, kind of like a throwback European medieval style to it. And they haven't really deviated that much from it, but they've been able to tell like these amazing experiences uh, throughout each game, and they progress progressively gotten a lot better as a result. And even like the new game, just the sheer amount of detail that goes into the animations and just the visuals themselves yeah. and the environments like it's it's it really impressive to see it seems like i know this is kind of like uh, easy to pile up on but it seems like final fantasy is their visions all over the place whereas with yuji hori always at the helm pretty much he's got like this very direct look at it it's like the development team has changed a little bit like it was used to be what compile and then they have a like um I think level 10, 5 worked on a few Yeah, level 5 games. on mm-hmm. 8 and I think maybe... I think this is like nine. Armor Project nine. and then the 3DS version is... um. Oh, um, what was that? 
Yeah, but I, I, Dragon Quest is definitely Enix, yeah, like sorry. one of the more the, one of the most consistent, if not the most consistently like traditional series in every yes. sense of the word Absolutely. in the games uh, industry. And like Final Fantasy is like you know kind of the direct. I was like Final Fantasy very very experimental throughout. Uh, yeah. and that's not a that's not a problem title. because yeah, like, they're, you've got they're, some, they're two yeah. valid approaches for sure. Because we all got their favorite Final Fantasy games, and it's always all it's like you know some people might like seven and nine and twelve. There's people who are like eight and ten, you know, and thirteen. You know, thirteen's got its strengths as well so it's like or, you know the old games obviously you know one through six uh so it's it all just depends and i think that that's fine that they can use that series as an experimental and obviously you know it wasn't until 10 that it was a square enix as opposed to just square soft so it's clear that they've still been able to do that it's just that dragon quest obviously puts their emphasis on these particular as you said the traditional elements in an rpg as opposed to you know trying to push the boundaries but you know with the modern technology they're still able to pull off these amazing feats and and just seeing like the videos and gifs of people other than japan or they imported it showing off the look of the game and the way that the combat plays out it's always really mm-hmm. impressive and despite and them making i know it's coming out in english but it's like taking everything i've got to prevent myself from ordering a copy off of amazon japan <laughs> right this second it's, i'm so drowning in backlog stuff that unfortunately i never have that problem because it's like by the time it comes out in english i'll still not be ready for it i mean that's part of it too because i'm still playing through dragon quest 7 on 3ds and lord knows i'll still be playing that three years from now knowing how yeah. long that game is and the benefit of course is that the dollar is stronger than the yen so you know you would be saving money actually by importing versus actually you know buying it when it comes out but well no because um it's like something like eight hundred um, eight thousand five hundred yen or something like that. But by the time that the game comes out in America, it'd be dropped in price. So you know, we'll, we'll oh, see. Oh yeah, that's true. That's that's, true. What, that's kind of more what I'm talking about because we we don't know. Like maybe Dragon Quest Eight, excuse me, Dragon Quest Eleven might show up sometime late in 2018. Because if there is any indication that they might, you know, try to add voice acting, that's going to take at least you know maybe at least a few months you know and despite mm-hmm. all the other localization challenges that they've got to face with such a, a deep game like that a mainline game and they said they're localizing it in several languages right yeah yeah, yeah. not necessarily right. voice but still all the text localization is going to if they're doing that much text localization then they're probably going deep yeah. enough on the localization that they'll probably add voice acting i want to say that's it seems like that's a given just because mm-hmm. of what they did with eight and and obviously nine was 3ds so that wasn't that important but this will be yes. the first console dragon quest game in a while <laughs> we're talking yep. about like in a decade so it's clear that that's that's going to be important for them to do that and it's a little harder for people in the west to uh deal with the fact that there's no voice acting compared to japan who's used to that in their series that is so damn popular uh, sure it just makes you think that like some of my favorite rpgs have no voices in them that's like, the, like i'm trying to imagine that's like, why it's had, so like, hard voices to, to shinmakami tensei nocturne and it'd be like no don't do that please and that's yeah, the, yeah, I, I, man, I would the never west is definitely in a good point for rpgs now because it feels like next year especially is going to be a good year for rpgs and this year has been freaking fantastic that's, I mean, it's the thing where, like, and this has been kind of my argument for a while, it's that it's harder for me to appreciate the modern Final Fantasy games, like, 10 going on, because, like, before then, there was no voice acting, so I didn't have to deal with, like, there's some poor performances here and there versus some really strong ones, and I'm not going to say, like, all of 10's voice acting is bad or whatever, because that's not the case. Oron is great, obviously. Um, but, like, it's harder for me to approach that when, like, uh, in the past games, I, I could actually put my own idea of what the person vo- sounds like in my head, and I'm sure that's like with Dragon Quest. That's easy, to, obviously, because the whole series has been like that. It's easy for people in Japan to really appreciate that. Um, but man, it, it's it's that thing. Like now, it feels awkward when there's no voice acting, right? Like that's like, and we and you know, we just talk about Chills of Gold Steel. Like 
Exceed went the extra mile and added a ton of voicing because the problem with that game is that there'd be moments in the cutscenes where like everyone would be talking with actual voices and then suddenly reading the main character's voice would be silent. <laughs> You're like, wait, what just happened? So it's 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 this weird disconnect, like these important moments, and you know it's when the person isn't voiced. But uh, the reason that we kind of talk about this is also the fact that it actually debuted in Japan. Uh, selling well over 2 million copies uh, sold in just the first two days, which is insane because... um, Pretty good for Japan these days. (laughs) Yeah, the ratio in PlayStation 4 was really, really, uh, really good for them. And then also... uh, Just shy of 1 million units sold, which, just to make it clear, there have been only, like, I think Final Fantasy XV is the only PlayStation 4 game in Japan to sell over a million copies right now. No, yeah, it's the second best-selling PlayStation 4 game yet. And also, like, the best-selling Dragon Quest game of all time is about 4.5 million, if I'm not mistaken. So, and that's not, that's just in Japan, of course, and that does not include remakes or remasters. So, I think the biggest one with remakes and remasters, I think, is Dragon Quest 3, and I think that's about 6 or 7 million, based on the charts that were going around on Twitter. So, like, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, Dragon Quest 11 ends ends up i mean because you still have that switch version coming out so might get a bit of a second win with that yeah that's it's it's like people wanted like a big screen dragon quest experience or something yeah they've been killing for that i can only imagine how monster and it will do just based on that because it's like oh shit that's like it's been like people have been hungry for that stuff just for like for a monster world to do really well on playstation 4 it's a really Mm. good sign for that game too yeah Mm. adam you gonna say something I was saying, just for comparison's sake, I think like Persona Five was a well-selling title in Japan, like relatively. But I think in comparison, it was only like first week, like three hundred thousand, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So that's it's it's a, it, about a, they did about a third of the PS4 sales. <laughs> that may not be totally accurate, but it's somewhere in that ballpark. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, 3DS and PlayStation 4 both did very well with Japan, and that was just only two days. So, like, I can imagine, like, a full week's worth as a, and all the other stuff that might come with it with, like, any of the plans they might have. And then when we get close to the holidays, people want to buy it again, you know, uh, or buy it for the first time with the with all that kind of stuff that's happening. So, uh, yeah, great news for them. And then another thing that came out um, was discovered, really, is that... During the credits of Dragon Quest XI, uh, and this is on the PlayStation 4 and 3DS version, you're supposed to enter a code uh, that you learn during the course of that game, and then you actually unlock a free copy of the first Dragon Quest game. So this would actually, uh, so this will be like on the 3DS. Obviously, it's, it's happened before, but um, with the Virtual Console and all that stuff. But on this will actually be the first time Dragon Quest One has ever appeared on a PlayStation system ever. It's never That's- happened before. So crazy i don't wow. know it's a free version and it's got trophies uh so playing a 10-hour rpg with trophies is kind of that's an easy platinum i think i, I don't I doubt there's a platinum but that would be kind of crazy i hope that i hope they do that for the english version as well oh, i really hope so it's it's a built-in I, I, function so i really hope so as well i agree with you but that's <sighs> that's that's a really cool gimme for fans and you know uh that's like you know celebrating the anniversary right there you know that's yep. that's the the 30 30th anniversary that's the present to everybody else a free copy of the game quote unquote free copy obviously you have to buy the 11 to get it but still uh i wonder if they all release that separately but either way uh, I, I do agree i hope that continues so the other uh moving on to other news then because like I said, we've got a lot to talk about this podcast been going on for a bit. So I really want to get to this stuff because there's way more that we want to discuss. Um, another big piece of news that dropped this week is that something we didn't even know existed until like there was some uh, posting from Famitsu.agu last week code, which is the um, the remaster of the first three, uh, the only three actually .agu games. Um, there's going to be a fourth volume. 
And so that's that's insane because that's a huge amount of content to add to a remaster. Like I can't really think of too many examples that's, of that. Uh, pretty well, much, we don't know how long it's going to be, but it's also like it's a fourth volume. Just the so the fact it's probably, that it's there, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, I that's mean, great I, because like yeah. the Redemption didn't have the greatest conclusion, so that's that's awesome to see. Oh yeah, I don't like know anything way. about that hack, but like it's impressive because it like how long ago it was. Like sometimes you get re-releases that add like a bonus epilogue or whatever, but you know it's only like. It, you know, like, for honest. example, like the Devil Survivor games. Well, you got, you got two. Like... Sorry, I didn't catch up. But like, we got two examples of that happening right now. Uh, there was that recent Wild Gun game that came out that had added new characters that still stuck with the style. But there's also the upcoming Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology yeah. that has the whole scenario. But that's like, that's a scenario. The Most of the game is still the same. Like, as but... James was talking about, it's like we're adding a fourth volume. We don't know how long it is. Um, but... I just I feel like it's even more impressive because those yeah. hack games came out like more ten years ago or more. So yeah, just about like ten years. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's late PlayStation Two for sure. So that that that, that yeah. just the time difference. I mean, I'm not too surprised that this is happening just because. Oh, don't you don't you can't say that. You can't be can't be surprised. You can't say that. Yeah, I get out of here. I'm because this is the That's same no company idea. that waited. 10 years to release Solitarobo after Tale Concerto. Oh, that's but that's a different game, man. We're, we're talking about like adding a, to a remaster. They could easily just drop and say, okay, here's the three yeah, games. Yeah, I, I, there was no, I, I would there's never no, have expected no, them to do no, a fourth I... volume for uh, for this. Uh, and just to, just to kind of round out the details, they yeah, finally yeah, got a Japanese ahead. release date on November 1st uh, over there. And this new fourth volume takes uh, place 15 months after the third volume. Uh, and you know stuff is happening the the, the in-game MMO is uh, close to like shutting down so there are new developments in the story surrounding that with a hard time limit and there's a new new character being introduced her name's Kusabira and Haseo uh, if anyone who's played uh, you know GU he's, he gains a lot of like these forms out there he gets a new uh, fifth form in it and uh, one of the weapons introduced for it is uh, sort of like Ivy's uh, whip sword from Soul Calibur so it all it all looks very very fancy. I'm more than thrilled to see that, you know, they're willing to go the extra mile for for this kind of thing. Really trying to revitalize Dot uh, Hack. Definitely it's, needs it. Yeah, I'll be playing this game. Sorry, I'll be no. playing this day one. I just need to figure out: should I import the limited edition or should I wait for the Western release? Yeah, and I was actually I was uh, going to say. Sorry. Yeah, it's that. So yeah, it's. Uh, just to backtrack a little bit, yeah, November 1st for Japan, it's still slated for the end of the year in the West, so it could still happen. But yeah, what James was talking about, there was a premium edition that was announced that looks really cool. And it's uh, it's so far, it's still only confirmed for Japan, but it's got stuff like, you know, it's got um, the... Uh, uh, .hack Returner Blu-ray, which is kind of like a, an epilogue, mm-hmm, an anime epilogue. OVA. Uh, it has... Does it have music tracks? It, it should include the Dot GU, that the anime that came out, the Dot anime the movie they put out. Uh, that was like the CG one. That would be pretty cool. Oh, but, the trilogy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so it's got. I've got it right here. It's got the game disc, of course, uh, and the new volume four and the terminal disc. Uh, it's got the uh, original soundtrack, the drama CD, and yeah, as you just said, the Dot GU Returner anime Blu-ray disc, the secret file booklet, which contains a written novel, Dot uh, GU Ragtime, and set materials for volume four so like you know some context about the the development and all that stuff and then the really cool looking premium box that it's got it also has a uh, dynamic theme that comes yeah. with it it's got the ending song for dot hack the original dot hack volume one the ending scene, uh, song for that uh, that'll be included i would hope that that'll still be something that they'll bring in the west that theme itself because i'm assuming that's really simple for them to do because i've not yet seen where that hasn't been the case but the premium box if it means it's going to be sold exclusively through this 
the Bandai Namco store. That's fine. <laughs> I would be okay with that as long as I can get my it's hands available. on it. It's available. You're talking about the Western release of yes, that if it the happens? Western. I'm saying I hope it is, yeah. Because it, it'd be really cool to see. And they use the, I assume they all use the Amazon checkout system and all that. Not the, I keep thinking about the Nino Cooney fallout and how terrible that went. For oh, I, 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 it's, it's still, I'm still amazed at my, my copy. Yeah, I saw that when, here. I, when I visited your house. Like, holy shit, he's got that. Because I know that people had ordered it, but they had apparently oversold them. So they had to cancel a bunch of orders. And, and yeah. some people showed up like with dented boxes and all that bullshit that comes with it. But yeah, it's it's really cool to be seeing that. It's insane that they had this new content. Like it just it's crazy to think like just a month ago it feels like that. You know, everyone didn't even. Oh, well, it was just a little. It was actually a little over a month ago, like six weeks ago. People would like be still crying to see like a new uh, dot hack or some. Like, yeah, uh, some I, I still idea. remember when like they actually announced that. Like uh, it was during <laughs> E3. Me. I woke up. Yeah, I, I go check uh, what's going on. And I'm like, wait, what? Holy shit! <laughs> it, it, they announced it. So not only have they announced a remaster. Um, of, of the Dodic GU games it was great because I had a bad memory when I sold those games in college so I was really, I didn't even get to the third volume so I was really oh. bummed out about that I only started it but also mm-hmm. yeah they're adding a fourth volume to that and then all this other content that potentially come because not only have they they've the already announced some of the changes too. yeah that they've added like the turbo mode not, not the turbo mode I don't think they announced that but they had obviously it's 1080p and they add the 16 by 9 widescreen and the 60 frame per, per second uh, frame rate. You don't, you don't need but turbo the, because you have speed charms in those games. That's true. And you got the motorcycle or the bike or whatever. Um, but oh, yeah. they did say that there's going to be, they said additional gameplay changes. They actually intentionally said that there's unannounced changes that are coming. So we don't even know what else could be potentially Yeah, they, they already had listed like a whole bunch of like gameplay tweaks, but like there's going to be even more that's in there. Famous. So I'm kind of yeah. very, very curious. Uh, that's, I, 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 I hope setting the new bar for... Um, best HD remaster collection. Yeah, it's... we'll see. I don't know. Right now, in my heart, I think the Odin Spear remake is uh, still God, king of that for me. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. That's a, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. an example of like them taking doing a lot of work for just a remaster. So that's yeah. that's definitely like another example you can give of someone doing that that much work. I would say though that like for this. If, if potentially it can be even bigger, so we'll see. Obviously, I, I'm very interested to see bigger. like uh, what their what their plans are for the dot hack series. Done like if this does really well, I'm hopefully it does. Oh, the first like I'm just and, uh, they'd have to like completely remake that to, for the uh, oh, sure. I think if they can do my mod. There's so many problems with the first four. Like, yeah, uh, in terms of gameplay, like it's it's a, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's uh, well, one of those games that like it's so flawed. It has a lot of charm, but is flawed oh totally and obviously it's it's janky and the systems are weird and it's really dated like you, you go back yeah. playing them now you're like wow <laughs> okay uh it's yeah. very old um but as you said like it was a great idea that they improved on with dot gu dot gu yeah. still had its own issues but that could be fixed in the remaster so we'll see um yeah. but man it's it's such so a great I looked year up the uh, limited edition on amazon japan and it's about a hundred bucks yeah something like that i expected it to be that based on the amount of content actually that's kind of cheaper than i thought it was going to be because yeah, like, some of those limited like editions <laughs> yeah they're like about 150 or something crazy because i know like the the neptunia ones were sometimes kind of crazy in the prices too um also to note is that the currently it doesn't have that thing where the version of the limited edition that doesn't come with the amazon like exclusive stuff doesn't have the discount yet so it'll probably be cheaper if you don't want the uh amazon exclusive uh pre-order bonus but do you oh. want that oh i know for a fact that like the amazon uh prime doesn't do the 20 percent off of the collector's editions anymore or the limited oh, edition, well i so. mean it's japan so yeah. you can have that to begin with does it uh, japan doesn't have that benefit nope oh well 
it doesn't matter All anyway. Right. All right. So, but yeah, that's that's like the big news about that. But yeah, it's uh, the whole story, the 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 stuff that comes after, and like yeah, the like Josh was saying, like the way that the third volume ended. I heard, I actually got a little bit of word about it. I'm like, uh, that's kind of a bummer. So I'm glad that they're gonna expand on it. So let's move Oof. into more news, yeah. though, because yeah. holy crap, we've got the biggest news of the week. Um, uh, yeah, earlier this week, they show, they aired that Persona Live P-Sound Bomb concert that was uh, only, like, through Nico, but, you know, yeah. there were restreams of it. Oh, uh, totally. Bless Thanks. those souls who did that. <laughs> um, so a little bit before this, they, yes. uh, there was, like, a fan meetup at the, during last weekend that announced uh, a Persona 5 TV anime airing next year uh, by a1 pictures i believe oh of course uh, of so course a1 pictures <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see how that turns uh, out uh, yeah uh, maybe we'll get like two what, what do you got two futabas on screen in the <sighs> attic oh yeah. my god i just remember that one thing of maria being like ha- her body was cut in half in, in the middle <laughs> of a scene so i'm expecting and phoenix right of course like all the problems with that oh, one. yeah yeah, that was yeah really so let's really cross bad. our fingers again for so yeah that's that's coming mm-hmm. but uh at yep at the peace sound bomb concert had uh technically three game announcements over there uh, I hope you like the dancing all night because you're getting uh two doses of dancing you have persona 5 dancing star night uh, but also you have Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight, both coming to PS4 and Vita spring of next year in Japan. Uh, so, HD ProTag for the Persona tell 3 me, Tell me, we okay. probably don't know this yet, but All right. we, we know there's going to be a double pack, right? You're probably going to be able to have like, this probably, Japanese limited they, edition. That yeah, I can see it. They're definitely going to pack those uh, it's a digital, things in. Yeah, yeah, they're totally going to pack those uh, things in, like a bundle of them. Uh, it'll be and, more expensive than buying them separately. Yeah, but. It, it'll it'll be. Uh, here's what I think. It'll probably be more expensive, uh, like getting them. Yeah, as you said, separately. But I can't. I, I thinking like maybe a difference of ten dollars. Don't they expect like a big discount on it. Uh, they also announced Persona Q2 uh, for 3DS uh, next year in Japan as well. The only thing confirmed is that the Persona 5 cast will be in it because of the logo. It has yeah. that uh, the little red hat phantom thief thing going on with it but that's all we only know that persona 5 we don't know any other persona games that they're going to be in there or not i'm assuming that of course it will because that's the whole allure but we'll see or i'm kind of crossing my fingers for persona 2 to be in it but there's been some rumors that it might be persona 2 there's been some that'd be, that'd be hilarious just based on the images that are going on people like that i don't know if you saw like that picture of someone going on with, with the persona exist. one and two Maya, tags, like they turn around like did, did we exist yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I, I really like that did comic. we <laughs> so uh i, think I, that... I really like this because yeah, the, i think that dancing all night was pretty okay and i'm excited because we get more remixes of persona 3 persona 5 ost songs i had my problems with persona 4 dancing all night but i will play persona 3 and persona 5 dancing games. so when... <laughs> even even in the trailers for some persona is kind of a little bit fucked up, but that's all I'll say. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has it been long enough that we can just outright no, say it? Let's yeah, not, let's no, not, let's not, let's no. not. I really did. Because you like know that. what I want to say. Right? No, yeah, I, know, I know what you're yeah. talking about, but I don't want to say it because I even, even like scenes, I was like, really, guys? Because I, I still want to play it. But I will say, like, the one thing I do want to address, though, is that how do you, how, what's your guys' opinions on the fact that Persona Q2 is 3DS, not Switch? I think that's. I'm a not big surprised. Fine. I, I think, it's I think they just <laughs> haven't figured out how to do a Trinity on Switch yet because it's always uh, it's not that really that hard. <laughs> they, there's examples. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I that I'm not too bummed out by it because I know Atlas is very Atlas is a company they definitely like sticking onto older consoles as long as they can. Yeah, but the Shimagami Tensei game was announced. That was for 3ds 
and for a console. So like they've done. Well, the, they the, the, on, on the flip side, though, the Deep Strange Journey is only 3DS, not yeah. on Switch. But that's well, even like coming out. That's a even like kind of Persona enhanced. Four and like not uh, Raidu Two. Like those were like PlayStation PS2, Two games like in 2007 and 2008. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh huh. So. So they've kind of always been like this. Yeah, I, I I just think that's a bummer that they're not pushing forward because like I, I think if they're gonna do if they're gonna do that, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna test it out to be on PlayStation Four in like 2021 or something uh, crazy yeah. like that. Well, that's, I, I assume that they're gonna they're, they're gonna try out the dungeon RPGs first at Etrian Odyssey on Switch. See, like yeah. they're kind of they're kind of still thinking like how they're gonna make that transition because, you know, it's inevitable that the 3DS will eventually be you know. Fade out. Okay, I don't, I don't want you guys that. to eat crow though when they announce Etrian Odyssey six for the Switch at TGS because no. <laughs> then it's no, gonna be like, that, what's your argument? No, no, if they're like, gonna announce another Etrian Odyssey at TGS, it's probably gonna be Etrian Odyssey Untold Three just to fill out that entire series on 3DS because that's the only one that you can't play there yet. Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe both. Who knows? And it's also because if you think about it, 3DS, is still a more handheld friendly console in Japan, the, like for the commute, uh, commute culture that they have over there. Like it's just 3DS is still more convenient. Oh, it's, it's been selling like freaking crazy this year. Like it sold like a huge amount of Japan, yeah. like hundred thousand in a week or something well, so, crazy. So, so I mean, the, the 3D, 3, a week, yeah, still, last week I think. Yeah, 3DS yeah. still doing well there. Like uh, there's. Um, virtually no reason right now for Japanese developers to really like go all in on the Switch exclusively. Yeah, it's more like the West than it is in Japan for sure. Yeah. Japan still is huge, a huge, like they adore that system. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and say like, I just think like just by principle alone. But yeah, that's, so yeah, Persona 3, Dancing, Moon Knight, uh, I, I think this is better because people are even like when we made that post about the because we didn't even talk about this. The fact that we noticed there was we talked about this last week of the podcast, of course, though, but that there was registration domain registrations yeah. updates to them. Uh, the, the, regist- the domains were registered a while back, like early this year, yeah. uh, but they were updated recently to move to Atlas name servers. And so like that was kind of the sign, but it only said Persona Dancing. So we kind of just assumed it was Persona 5. People saying like, what about Persona 3? Why didn't they just do DLC for 4 or whatever? I just added in and like it seemed like a long because they shot. want your money i think it's yep. really i mean obviously the movies and stuff like that for i don't think 3, anyone predicted them to make like two separate dancing no games. It, it was definitely one. not i think it's really cool that they're doing this but i was also, like oh like, it's pokemon i, mean, I the, don't yeah, think exactly. anyone would have the, predicted them to have both of those games on vita too that's pretty interesting i mean it, it's, just, it's just like you know with the 3ds just that vita is still doing all right in japan comparatively yeah. but also i just i think it's cool that now we're seeing like these characters um not just in the movies though but if like, you have you HD, got assets, HD finally yeah that's exactly <laughs> what Persona 3 characters yep so that's that, a, it's awesome that's it's really awesome cool and I, it just means I need to play Persona 3 and then so I can experience a soundtrack before I play him in Persona 5 <laughs> and Persona Dude, now here's the interesting now here's the real question so Persona 3 dancing and Persona 5 dancing are going to be on PS4. Are they going to port Persona 4 dancing to PS4 too? No, I, I think they're going to just leave that. They've not really. There's no real. Yeah, they don't have you know a, what? a history of that. I, 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 I would I would bet on that because uh, Atlas these days are, are very uh, port heavy on on stuff. They are, but not so much for consoles, right? Because that's like I don't. You don't really see that. You don't see Persona 4 Golden on consoles, you know. So oh, we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, I'm not going to roll it out because we've been wrong in the past. Yeah. But I just I think they'll leave that in the past ask specific more dancing um because it seems like they want to milk the other stuff (laughs) because if you think about it like they're right now most of their most most of their talent right now is focused on that new medieval rpg or something i forget what it's called project Uh, re-fantasy or something yeah. yeah so 
that's what that's, the, that, that seems like that's still very early stages. Yeah, like, it's yeah, yeah but, uh, but all, all, the, all, the, all the all the all the persona talent is on that project. Mega Ten team is on that new Mega Ten Switch yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Like so, to it, it would be a smart idea for them to kind of dig into their backlog and re-release those while they keep on working on these new things. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I'm expecting them to announce Etrianasi Untold Three at a TGS because yeah, that's that. really easy for them to do, and it's like something people kind of expect. So, or are they going to be too busy with Persona Q two? Because that's the team, right? And that's like that they'd be focused on making that mm-hmm. as opposed to the other stuff. But we'll see. I don't know. If I don't know really if it's the same do, team. But it was before, wasn't it? Use the same engine. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Like, Untold yeah. Two. Record a few voice lines, and bam, you got the game. So uh, they're, they're still they're still working on actually, uh, they're still <laughs> working on actually a mystery dungeon too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that Spike Jones off though? Yeah, that's Spike. Oh yeah, that's right. Let's, let's just move on. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say that the uh, Persona concert itself was really, really cool. I'm like really Lynn nice. is a fantastic live performer; she's amazing. Uh, and uh, there, there were some cool things. I, I won't give away too much if people want to watch it. But there was definitely a segment where a Futaba uh, cosplayer on stage was tap dancing to the main menu theme to Persona Five. That was fucking crazy. That's man. I wish I'd watched it now. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to see some more Lotus Juice because <laughs> he's always my Lotus favorite. Juice is so cool. Anyway. He's so he's such a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, like he, he actually, they should make his character in the universe because that's how cool he is. He should he would be able to fit inside that. Universe. I, I I would love it. He's one of the like school he, students. Uh, the he, yeah, he, he's the he's the school student that's the that's the Gaijin. So he's just always speaking English there. He's a he's student. He'd be like there. you know like in his twentieth year of school. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, it's like if you watch Angel Beats. You know that guy who always like that rapper dude that always spoke English. English he lines. That's him. Yeah. Like, hey guys. That's that's Lotus Juice. Yep. Oh my gosh, that'd be that'd be pretty incredible. Uh, and he's the one giving you quizzes out in the hall. But all right. Yes. So yeah, once again, Persona Three, Dancing Moon Knight, Persona Five, Dancing Star Knight, Persona Q Two, all out uh, in twenty eighteen. Uh, the dancing games in the springtime, and then you've also got Persona Four protagonists in that uh, Blaze Blue cross tag battle. Yeah, that's right. also next yeah. year. So oh. pretty. Oh, P3 to P5. Still, Persona Three, Persona Three to Five, still. Uh, insane well, problem. one can only hope that they'll allow DDR pad support for PS4 versions. Oh gosh. I keep going I to the mean, round one and there's like that little dancing area. You didn't play Persona 4 dancing on the night, did you? Because it's a very, very uh, different I, 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 I've seen it, yeah. No, but, he, he was he was there. He actually helped me do the review. Like, he yeah. was at the video. I showed it off to him. So, you know, okay, what it looks so like. I'm, I'm still not sure if that would work DDR pads. Well, we can uh, So, actually, you would. Because it just, I mean, eh. what you've got is like, you. it's not so much DDR, but whatever that, what was that other popular game that had like the diagonals beat, in it? You not, know? Not, not Beat Mania. Um, oh, um, shit. Fuck! What was it? I forgot. Uh, I, don't, I forgot. Uh, but you know, it's like all you need is just uh, like you know three on the left and three on the right, and then you could totally do it because that's exactly what. Or it you was. can just do bu- you can just do button combinations for the ones that like are yeah, the diagonal. Uh, there yeah. you go. And then you just have to like spin around when you want to get the circle. Anyway, all right. Let's not get too deep into that <laughs> stuff. Um. So yeah. Uh, Persona 2018, 2017 was big. Persona 2018 just as much into Persona. It's like every year. A ton of games. Alice is bilking this for all it's worth, that's for sure. And then Pretty we'll much. get the Persona 5 anime, and then we'll probably get a Persona 5 movie eventually, or Persona 4 movies. We'll bunch start coming out because Persona 3, that's what happened. Well, anyway. just, okay, just, just, let's just put it at the expect Persona 5 for the next seven years. Yeah, seven years. Persona 5 I Arena. think at this point, we can kind of expect the Persona 5 port for the Switch if it does well enough in Japan overall. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that'd be interesting to have a Persona game on the Switch. I'd be totally down with that, but like, they haven't 
There's not a big history on that stuff. Totally on the spinoffs, though. Like, I could totally see Persona Q moving to the Switch. Well, I mean, like, Shin Megami Tensei just jumped on 3DS. Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei seems like very much a Nintendo thing, and then Persona is like the the, the, Nocturne was actually the offshoot of that. Like, Nocturne was the odd odd duck out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then you've got all the... uh, the remasters and remakes and stuff like that for the Persona games definitely on the Nintendo system. So they've got a lot of stuff to play and that's the, good for them. Double the, for, Survivor. for future things Megaten related though, there's going to be like uh, SMT concerts at October I believe and we might get new info on some SMT stuff. They did say like, uh, we'll probably hear something more about that soon. Maybe Shin Megami Tensei 5 maybe? Uh-huh. We'll see. Uh-huh. Uh, I do 3. Yeah, I do 3. That'd be really cool. Oh I want to bring back the detective. That'd be great. I would love to see uh, that and just make it all Pokemon style. That's all you got to do. All right. So uh, last big piece of news that we've got here, um, just like with the other stuff that came kind of came out, we got a lot of news from Famitsu and Dengeki. Uh, Five Mom Warriors, uh, there's a big piece of news about that. Adam, you you know more about this stuff. But it's – it's. I don't know if you know more about, about this. We just assigned you this. But Well, the, no, though. I mean – so Fire Emblem Warriors releases, uh, I think, late next month, September, in Japan. Yeah, um, right. it still doesn't have a U.S. date, um, I believe. Still slated uh, for this year. Yes, this year it. just doesn't have a hard date. You're right. Um, yeah, yeah. So they 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 they're slowly revealing more characters um, past like kind of the original announcement. Um, so they announced um, Cordelia and female Robin from Fire Emblem Awakening. Cordelia is a Pegasus Knight. Female Robin is kind of like the Avatar character. Male Robin is announced, kind of. You know, at, the, at launch, or not at launch, but when the game was initially announced. But now you can do the female version. Now she doesn't appear in like the story mode, so she's like kind of like an additional like. I don't know if she's like a skin. Um, they just swap. I, out I, I, I think it's. I think it's a, think it's a different character because they like, think they. She has like a significantly different. Yeah. Like I think they use different clone, weapons. She has her own little move set. I'm not exactly sure. Uh-huh. Um, Cordelia. There's there's a couple of characters that have. Um, there's Frederick, who is on his horse. Uh, when he when he's in combat, and Cordelia is on her Pegasus, so that'll be fun. And um, they also teased on Twitter. This isn't in Famitsu, but they teased on Twitter that there's going to be another um, like rider character and another and an archer, which they. Don't, I, they don't I, I think have. I think it's a I think it's a female rider and male archer specifically. Yeah. yeah. So people are assuming it's going to be Fate's characters because these are both uh, Awakening characters. So it just kind of makes sense there. So, so people are assuming like be... she's popular, yeah. And Takumi is well, he's kind of popular in a weird way. <laughs> like loves to hate. <laughs> he, he, uh, the Takumi is popular because he's really good at the mo- mobile game. Really? That's yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I I don't know if they balanced him, but when I was playing months ago, he was apparently the one of the most powerful units in that game. Yeah. So they also reveal that there's going to be a permadeath mode, kind of like it's like a Fire Emblem staple in the in the in their normal games. That there's going to be a permadeath mode in the uh, in this Warriors game. Not exactly sure how that's going to work. My like, guess is that basically once the character like you know falls in battle, they might still participate in cutscenes or whatever. But what they do this in some of the Fire Emblem games where it's like I'm too hurt to like participate in. Yeah, battle. It's, like, it's more it's more like perma injury more yeah. than perma death. But so it's not like they'll disappear from the story if they're participating for, in the story. But, you just but can't for use people them who don't want, for people who don't want to like dabble with that, there's a classic and casual difficulty. So oh, yeah, casual, obviously you don't have to. Yeah, stuff got the option. And I uh, we talked about this before the podcast, but there has been a semblance of permadeath in older Dynasty Warriors games. In that, if one of the officers 
in your group dies, they're gone and they won't be able to help you in the future. Because even like the, kind of like sometimes the story related reasons for that, but you could totally prevent that from happening if you want to. <laughs> so it's it's happened before, um, so it's it's not necessarily new, but it's really fascinating that they're putting it in this game for sure makes sense for a fire emblem spin-off. yeah totally it does and there's an option and, if you don't want it so and and also it's also true to fire emblem there's going to be well not recent fire emblems but there's going to be a weapon triangle um so if you have you know an axe user like lissa who's wields an axe in this version um she'll be able to stun like mobs of lance users more easily um and then you can do a special attack if you have the weapon triangle advantage so that makes sense <laughs> So it's kind of them just like uh, repurposing, recontextualizing like existing yeah. Dynasty Warriors mechanics into the Fire Emblem. Just yep, one would expect. Yeah, and I can't see. I mean, people keep getting bummed out about how they're focusing on the recency of, of the games and not looking at the yeah, best. Because I think they basically the... have said it's going to be Awakening Fates and like the original, and that's it. That's about it. And well, yeah, I mean, the original might just be like, is it just Marth so far? <laughs> well, look, if we're if we're going by Omega Force here, if it sells well, there's definitely going to be a sequel, and they're going to open the, the floodgates open yeah. for more series on that. If there's anything Dynasty Warriors games like to do is to pump out need, more of those games and there's usually a like frame. a oh, sorry go ahead i was gonna say we need a frame from sacred stones the, okay. it, it could, i mean what style. i was gonna yeah what i was gonna say is that um it could also be that, that like if i remember right with like high warriors and stuff like that is that there was usually like a long line of dlc like it yeah. seemed like some of that stuff was like added even after the fact like they didn't originally plan for this but they wanted to really extend the life of it so they added some characters so yep. it potentially i mean it could just be dlc for characters that are in the recent games anyway or the first yeah. one so it doesn't matter but yeah like what adam was saying it's very likely it could have a sequel i mean i assume this thing to sell like hotcakes and so i could totally see that happening right so because people eat up Fire Emblem now, it's like it's it's a huge thing and across the world, really. So, uh, I'm just kind how, how of did, uh, Shadows of Valentia do sales wise. I actually I pretty don't... average. Yeah, I think I heard <laughs> well, it wasn't like that not... great <laughs> in the West anyway. It didn't sell good that that good. Mm-hmm. So, because they to put it in perspective, you could still order the uh, limited edition for it on Best Buy a few days ago. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. It's oh it's... no, a classic Fire Emblem was dead. Yeah, it's dead. Uh, pretty much. Well, we already do that, so oh. just had to bite the bullet. So that's it for news. Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty exciting. We actually kind of knew that there was going to be a lot of it last week when we talked about the Persona stuff coming up. Um, I can't think of any other streams that are happening until like you know at the end of the month is the Yakuza stream. So that's kind of the other the other big stuff happening. But for now, um, we like to say there won't be a lot, but I'm sure we'll find something else excited to talk about. There'll be oh, like a big. Down. The Monster big Hunter. Monster Hunter, yeah, the Monster Hunter 10 demo. Uh, excuse me, Monster Hunter 10. Monster Hunter demo is going to be Monster Hunter 20. Monster Hunter, oh, I'm by now, yeah, Monster yeah, Hunter Double X, uh, Double Class <laughs> will be out on August 10th. So I'm sure uh, James will be playing that because that's easy, accessible on the Switch. So give us your thoughts. I'm sure you'll come back. If not, we'll see you in a couple weeks, whatever you have. Oh, uh, before I forget, uh, ne- next week is uh, Comic Cat 92, and yes. they released uh, like the Dojin game trailers. Like uh, some friends and I like uh, watched like all those game trailers. Oh, like when they uh, put them in one big video. That's always, yeah, that's but a it fun always, yeah, it's, it's like a movie. It's, <laughs> it's uh, it, it reminds you that one game development is really hard, and two, some Dojin games look really awesome. Better than the. That's Japan. why I'm really glad that uh, Xseed's bringing over uh, Sakuna rights and Bro. yeah, yeah. They actually mm-hmm. uh, there's a trailer a new trailer that came out for Comicet 92 for that game and it looks really cool it's like a weird cross between Harvest Moon and Odin Sphere a little bit like a 2D yeah I, I played that uh, at E3 and it's from oh, the if, uh, yeah if you guys it's really have, interesting 
Uh, if you guys one saw... thing that's actually really cool is apparently Exceed's actually helping with the development of that game. Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Makes sense. That's cool. But what are you going to say? Uh, it, it's from the uh, developers of uh, Fairy Bloom Freesia, which is on Steam. It goes on sale. Or Acid Breed. More people probably yeah. know that. So. The, Fairy Bloom Freesia is like the Devil May Cry game that you never played. It's awesome. <laughs> it, it, I, I actually have heard of that game. It looks really cool. But I'm, I'm just like you, um, Josh, where it's like uh, once they put out that video of all the different uh, game trailers, it's exciting to go see it because a lot of that stuff um, either gets localized by publishers like Exceed or it goes on Steam at some point. Or... Yeah, the, uh, the, a lot of uh, Japanese indies are definitely embracing the global market uh, and uh, the easy... Great to uh, see. You know, with that on Steam, just getting it out there, hiring like you know, a firm to they used to come out put on English those, text on it. They used it's to cool, come out but... on those uh, the PlayStation minis. There used to, there used to be a lot of those comic yeah, games on there, but they right. got that service like yeah. a year ago. Which... So now they, they turn to service like Playism, Degika, and all those. Playism, yeah, doing doing the Lord's work and, and that stuff, because it's like it... a lot of one-way heroics and stuff like that. Showed up yeah, I, I, I always remember like uh, the people who made like the Ace of Seafood series. Uh, they're coming out with this new game. They have a new trailer for it. It's like, it's like literally fucking crab battles in it. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like 1v1 crab battles. Is, it is... looks awesome. Is the new uh, the new Momodora game supposed to be at Comic Con? Maybe. So I was asking my friend about this, and apparently the that new Momodora 3D game like got canceled or is being repurposed very heavily because the the no outcry against it. it. Yeah, it seems like the the there's just a very substantial uh, vocal negative feedback on <laughs> it. it. So there, <laughs> it, it seems like they're gonna like just scrap that. But I'm not too 100 percent sure on that. I, I don't to, think we'll see that the light, light of the on that. They oh. need to go guilty gear exert and just do 2D with 3D spin around and stuff like that. That'd be. <laughs> I, I think that would work it, a lot better. In a perfect world, everyone would go that route. <laughs> Every fighting game is also by guilty by um, Arc System. Anyway, yeah, so that's gonna be happening, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of news coming out. I don't know if there's. Yeah, uh, I can't really think of anything else. Anyway, let's wrap this up um, so we can get out of here. So. Where you guys can find us who are listening, you can always find us on RPGSite.net. You can find us on Twitter at RPGSite. You can find us on Facebook.com slash RPGSiteNet. On our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash RPGSiteNet. We can follow along our Valkyria Chronicles 3 playthrough, the much better Valkyria game, apparently, that you should be uh, really <laughs> focused on. And yeah. yes, uh, I, I mean, good lord, Valkyria Chronicles 3 is an incredible game. Um, but also, you can find us on iTunes and your favorite podcast app. Just search for TetraCast. Pretty easy to find with our shield. And then uh, our Discord permanent link, discord.me slash RPGSite. Finally, we like to share where you can find us on Twitter. So, uh, Josh, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at HDKirin, H-D-K-I-R-I-N. Thank you. Uh, Adam, where can they find you? Uh, K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. Thank you. And James, where can they find you? At the sweet T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T on Twitter. Thank you. And then you can always find me at Zacharys. So... Yes, thank you, Adam, Josh, and James, for being a part of this podcast. And thank everyone out there for listening to this edition. And you can catch us next week for yet another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone. Later.